Hello and welcome to the Community Health Podcast powered by Community Therapy where we talk all things community healthcare. I'm your host, Scott Lynch. Mark Twain once quoted, find a job you enjoy and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Now, of course, this may not be the whole story as I'm sure if you gave plenty of people $10 million, you may find them not working anymore. However, when I thought about that further, that quote, you do see people that are in a position not to work that engage with social initiatives, volunteering, serving on boards, etc. So human beings love to be busy and connected to a community. So we often think when you're working, oh, if only I could stop working. But funny, the people that do find them in that do find themselves in that position often find themselves going back to work because that's what we love to do. So We recognise that even the greatest jobs have hard days, tough moments, days where you just want to give up. Maybe this is why it is important that you love what you do, as that passion fuels your resilience, fuels your desire to do great things and improve. So this is the topic for today's chat, all things finding your passion, refinding your passion, enjoying your job and finding balance in your job. Today's guest is Jodine Anderson, who is a registered nurse and case manager working with community aged care provider Novacare. Jodine has a wealth of experience in the aged care industry, working as a home care manager, ops manager, regional manager, residential aged care facility manager, and also worked as an NDIS team leader within the local area coordinator. Jodine realised that what she loves the most is working directly with clients. So in her own words, in a message to me before the podcast, so here I am in my element. Thanks for being on the podcast, Jodine. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for asking me to be part of it. It's, um, yeah, I feel quite privileged. Yeah, when I saw um, the change on LinkedIn in title, I just had to reach out, especially when not just because that's what I do as a nice person just um, and we that we know each other. However, I thought it would be a really good topic for the podcast of, um, yeah, just how to find and refine your passion. So where did that start? When did you start going, oh, maybe this is actually um, more of a passion for me to be working directly with clients rather than, Um, managing teams and that's not to say that roles have a bit of a mix in them everything does but clearly you were looking for more of a a greater mix of um, supporting clients yeah most most definitely so um as you would know i have um i've had a a range as as you've mentioned um i have had a range of uh roles in in the last little while um and whilst i Whilst I, I do enjoy management and, and particularly more of the leadership, um, I, I suppose working with, with staff as opposed to clients, um, I, I became a registered nurse for a reason and, and obviously that was to, to care for people and, and to make, make, I suppose, a difference in people's lives and um, at the end of the day wanting to, to know that, um, you know, when I go home in the afternoon that, I've done something great and I've, I've helped people. And, um, in the last few years in my management roles, whilst, you know, they've been very re- rewarding for the best part, um, for the last little while, I, I've, I knew there was something missing. Like I wasn't 
bouncing out of bed every morning, happy to go to work. It was a bit of the same old, same old. And I just wasn't getting the, the enjoyment or the satisfaction from my job that, um, I suppose it, it, at my age and, and my stage of my career, I, I thought I should be. And, um, I, in, in my last role, I, I was, uh, mentoring, um, case managers who were, um, you know, fairly new in their role. So I was doing a lot of, um, sort of hands-on work, I suppose, with them and going out and seeing clients. And it really just reignited my passion for, for wanting to work with our clients. And that was probably the real catalyst, um, uh, for my, my recent move, my move to, to Novacare as a, a case manager and registered nurse. And um, it was a hard decision because we, you know, we work all our, our life and we have this expectation that we, I suppose, work our way up the chain for lack of a better a term. And, um, you know, management is seen as the pinnacle. Um, and so to to make the decision to, to move from a management role back to being on the tools per se, um, it, it, was, it, was, it was hard to make that decision, but um, once I had, I, once I'd made the decision, it was, you know, I felt like I had this massive weight lifted and, um, you know, that I was doing what was right for me at this time in my life. And I, I've been back now in this role for, um, about five weeks, a bit over a month, and I couldn't be happier. I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm loving going out into the community again. Um, loving seeing, uh, you know, the older people that we look after in our community and really making a difference. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my story, really. That's fantastic. It's like I can hear the, the happiness in your voice. And like for people that are listening, we've had technical difficulties with the wonderful NBN and satellite, um, internet, um, sort of recording this, um, regional rural for both of us, actually. So, um, but I can hear that coming through, um, rather than seeing it, which is lovely. And like, it's, I can feel the weight lifted off your shoulders. Um, did you speak to anyone about like, like anyone formally? Did you speak to, you know, sometimes people speak to coaches, you know, like life coaches and things, or some people might've just spoken to their um, informal network, managers, mentors, family, like, was this a process that you went through more by yourself or were you speaking to friends and family or people about that change? Um, I, I suppose uh, kind of all of the above. Um, I am on a, um, a, 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 a platform with a with a, a coach, with a career coach. Oh, brilliant. Um, what a guess from me. Katrina Bard, I think her name is. That's terrible. Um, I'm, I think that's her name. Um and it's quite informal that, um, the website that she has and, um, the Facebook platform and, um, you know, there's, there's always very inspirational information that's coming from her and, and, you know, comments from, you know, other, um, other people. And, um, I did contact her. I reached out to her and, and, um, and, and told her how I was feeling. And I think more so the, the step down. Uh, I think that was the hardest part in my mind, stepping down from a role that I had worked hard to, to achieve. That was, I had to get my head around, um, whether or not that was like going to be good for me. Um, and she just, um, I think she just listened more than anything. I don't think she really, um, I think I must have already known, um, that it was right for me. And, and she just 
sort of agreed and um and I think sort of concreted more of those thought processes. But yeah, speaking to um uh, family and, and particularly um colleagues of mine that I have been that have been on the journey with me for for many years and have known my different roles and how I felt about some of those roles. Uh, they were very supportive in in my my move back to um, being a case manager and, and registered nurse. So, um, and um, I did the old you know pen and paper. I did the pros and cons list and uh, realised that the uh, the pros outweighed the cons at the end of the day. When I was you know truly honest with myself, um, that yeah. So that was probably the yeah the most technical thing I did was the pros and cons list, and here I am. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that I somewhat guessed that um, and hoped that yeah, some some sort of mechanism was involved there. And I, the reason I sort of like pointed towards the life coach or mentor sort of conversation is not saying that everyone needs to go down that pathway, but more um, saying that that process does work for people of um, whether it's an informal mentor or um or somebody more dedicated um, that you're working one-to-one with. But I think that's more the theme that you've taken the time to reflect and make some purposeful reflections and thoughts and and a plan where often um, if somebody's not totally happy in their role, they may just not um, take that time to sit and, like you've said, get pen and paper out and work through things. And that may expose that it's not so much the role that they're not happy with. It may be the perspective of the way they're looking at things. I remember when I first entered the aged care sector after working in private practice as a physiotherapist, I sat down as a young physiotherapist and had to reframe how I felt um meaning and and great outcomes um, were seen clinically for older adults versus private practice where I was getting quite short-term great outcomes for somebody with an injury. I had to reframe my perspective to get value and purpose out of my role and and understand how I was helping with chronic disease management and and long-term chronic care, etc. So, I could have very easily not found satisfaction in my role as a young physio if I hadn't been prompted by um, a more mature physio at that stage to take me through that process. So I had a mentor at that stage, so really valuable. So for people listening, if you're finding yourself not enjoying waking up and, and getting out of bed and, and going to work each day, speak to somebody. If that's a, a team leader or a manager um, within the team that you feel comfortable speaking to, your organisation may have an EAP, an employee assistance program that you can phone and speak to somebody about or we reach out to people in your network on LinkedIn. Um, never be afraid to be open and ask um, that you're needing some assistance. Um, yeah, that, that's just fantastic. I love this conversation so much. And that quote by Mark Twain of find a job you enjoy and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Like it, it's one of those things that at a, a surface level, like it's not inherently fully true, but the truism is there. So, um, I find myself bouncing out of bed and working plenty of hours each week and it's almost, 
I sort of, when I think about the work-life balance conversation, sometimes I lean towards a work-life integration conversation, like over a third of your life can be, you know, in quotations, working. So I try and reframe my perspective on that and, and find that value and purpose of what I'm doing. And then if I have to do something out of hours, it's typically because I want to do something because I'm really passionate about it. I find myself excited reading the budget papers for what's coming out and supporting older adults in aged care or people living with disabilities, and that's because I'm really passionate about it. So, And I'm sure that you feel similar with those sorts of things now, Jodine. Like, I'm sure moving forward with how passionate you're feeling, like it's very easy to find that balance and um, in your work life. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. And um, obviously, in in the industry that I'm I'm in, um, you're correct. There's always uh, there's always information to um, to uh, uh, mull over, and it's not always able. You're not always able to do that during the workday. So, um, and you know, education as well. Doing you know additional training, online courses. Um, yeah, it's it's when you're passionate about something, then you're happy to to do those things in you know out of hours to to make you know to improve yourself and and to make you better at what you do, so that you can provide a better service to the people that um, that you care for and looking after and in, in the community in, in in my you know in my area. Yeah, and I think an important thing for people listening to consider is like. I'm always speaking about mission, vision, values for a company, and it's just as important at an individual level. And and within work, they may um, there may be pure alignment there between your own and the organisation, but you'll you'll have other missions and visions and values in your personal life, and there'll be that sort of integration between personal and work. But at least for myself, waking up each day and putting on my my work hat, like I'm so passionate and driven about making sure that our team are happy and fulfilled and passionate in their roles. And I'm always thinking of what things I can do better to support and serve everyone. I'm very passionate about servant leadership. I'm there to support Mm. everyone um, within our team. And that then allows everyone to help and and drive clinical care and for our mission and vision of looking after older adults and people living with disabilities. But I'd prompt people to think about what what are you trying to achieve each day like when you're going out and for our podcast of thinking about serving and supporting people living in the community with healthcare. Why are you turning up each day? Is it some people are driven by I just want to put a smile on people's faces each day. I, I want to have, you know, one great meaningful conversation. It doesn't matter what it is in your mind, but you should have some simple little mission or vision thought in your head because then you see that smile or two great smiles through the day and you feel fulfilled and you can rest easily at night. Do you have those sorts of thoughts, Jodine? Have you got some sort of formal vision or mission at a personal level of what you're trying to achieve each day? Um, I, I suppose my my uh, my focus has now changed back to uh, more of that hands-on 
um, the hands-on role and, and being able to make change to individuals. So a lot of obviously my focus previously was, you know, change for the team or change for the organisation. But having come back to making a change to individuals or to families, um, it is, a, I suppose, a, a shift in thinking. And um, I've certainly noticed that, you know, my my reading and, you know, my research and, um, you know, any sort of online learning that I am doing at the moment has a, a certainly a different um, perspective and, and uh, to, to, you know, to what I've done, you know, in the last couple of years. So um, I suppose wearing my clinical hat again, I've, um, I've had to uh, uh, dust off some of my clinical skills, which may have become rusty over the years, but um, I'm really enjoying having a different focus and I suppose relearning some of the things that, um, yeah, maybe a little rusty, but um, having that, um, I suppose, having at the end of the day, having the, the vision that, you know, I want to do the best job that I can do um, for myself, but to be able to provide the best care that I can for the individuals that I see, um, that's, I suppose, that's my drive now. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, let's jump on to a little bit of a different topic now that um, I'm very passionate about um, and very much is extremely important during COVID-19 again and um, at the time of recording New South Wales outbreak um, continues and, and several other states either in lockdown or high alert. Um, what sort of um, things do you do to look after your own well-being Um I find myself putting in, you know, guided breathing. Um, I use an app to go through that usually twice a day where I just do three or five minutes of guided breathing to bring myself into more of a parasympathetic state and calm myself down, physical activity, try and get 10, 15 minutes of some exercise in, etc. cetera. But um, do you have some things that you, are your sort of well-being practices? Um, I do actually. Um, I uh, I use uh, I love apps as well. So um, I have a few meditation apps that um, that I use um, mainly at night time to to help me go to sleep. Um, but uh, on those different different sites, there are some some great short meditations for the workday. So if you do need if you're struggling a little bit and just need to refocus, there um, that's very you know that's very handy. Um, I'm a big one for gratitude and it's probably a word that, you know, has been thrown around a, a lot in the last little while. And, um, and I think, but I, I really do believe in, in, in the power of gratitude, being grateful for, you know, your life and what you have and where you are and, and really, um, valuing that. Um, I think we take, you know, a lot, we do definitely take, um, a lot for granted. Um, and when you actually really sit back and look at your life and what's important to you and the people around you and, and your lifestyle and all of those sorts of things and being grateful for that, it has huge power. Um, I, I, we moved out to the country a few years ago, um, and it was the best thing that we ever did. So, um, if I'm having a, a bad day, um, and I'm at work, I just picture the, the mountains that I see out my front door every day. And it just grounds me because I, I, you know, I have, you know, the the things that we're going through at the moment, you know, be it work stresses or, you know, it, 
you know, the things that are happening in the community with COVID, which can be very stressful. Um, you just have to remember what's important. And I think for me, um, that really helps. Yes, and no different to sort of taking control and having a plan with reflecting on where you're going with your career for, for people that are listening when when you find yourself entering an, a sympathetic state, whether it's a complaint from a consumer, um, somebody that's um, interacting with your service or um, you find yourself interacting with a colleague or a member of the public or all of a sudden it's 11 a.m. and there's another press conference about what's the numbers of COVID going to be. There's a lot of heightened anxiety on us um, at the moment in the current environment, but that won't exactly go away when COVID-19 ends up tailoring, tailing off in the months or years ahead because we'll have things like bushfires again and, and other emergencies. So it's important to know that you have strategies in place to go, one, I'm aware that I am really in an anxious state at the moment. I can feel maybe some signs and symptoms of that. Do I have some tightness across my chest, some shallow breathing, maybe some heart palpitations? you're not feeling well, some people can have signs and symptoms of like nausea as well, fatigue. You need to be able to recognise that. That's the first stage. But then be putting in daily practices, just like everything in healthcare is about prevention and ongoing management rather than being reactive to that at the time. So don't underestimate what can be done to um, Find that optimal stress zone for yourself if you can um, have a daily practice of those things. So guided breathing, meditations, um, gratitude, often if that's in a journal or simply doing that through a meditation as well. You hear people speaking about this all of the time, not just because it's topical, but actually because it works. So I like to bring that up, that conversation a lot at the moment, um, just because I I know that if just one person listening makes that change, that's worth the while of the little conversation. Um, it can be life-changing, um, looking after your well-being. Uh, let's move on to um, last little topic of just chatting about what we're seeing in the aged care community sector at the moment in Australia. Obviously, we're seeing a lot of aged care reform discussions going on. Residential care is changing a lot with... Um, the Aged Care Funding Instrument, ACFI, moving to ANAC, the Australian National Aged Care Classification, next year, all um, things progressing, so October 2022. But we'll speak more to community. So from everything that I'm seeing from the federal government, they're looking at um, possibly around 2023 as their timeline of having a more streamlined community aged care funding system where they look for some integration of CHSP, short-term restorative care and home care packages. Um, how are you sort of thinking about those things, Jodine? Obviously across ops and regional manager um, level and case manager level, like you, those conversations are being had in every organisation. Any insights to share from you? Um, I think it's yeah, it the, as you would know the the system currently is is so complex, 
and it's hard for even us who work in the work in the industry sometimes to navigate change and um, to navigate the systems, my aged care and um, you know accessing services and you know needing to you know referring for um, reviews for higher packages, things like that. It's such a complex, cumbersome system. So hopefully uh, down the track with the, you know, the proposals for the changes to the aged care system, um, it will become more streamlined. Um, my aged care was introduced a few years ago to, to make the system easier, but whether or I don't think that's quite hit the mark yet. So we can only hope that the, the process will improve and will become easier for everyone to navigate and to be able to access services because it's still very complex. And for, you know, our older people in the community who have, um, you know, advocates or family or friends or, you know, people who are, you know, helping them navigate the, the, the system, um, you know, they're very fortunate. But we all know that there's a lot of people in the community who don't have those supports. So for those people particularly, it's so hard to, to know where to start and, and how to access these services. And, um, you know, whilst our older community are becoming a, you know, very computer savvy these days, not everyone's there yet. So when the platforms that we have available are, are largely online and for, you know, that portion of our community that, that still aren't there, um, you know, it's, it's a big gap. So. Hopefully, as the um, the funding um, streamlines and it's sort of one system instead of you know multiple at the moment, it will be easier for people to access and and to get the services that they need. Yeah, I know that um, in a recent reform webinar that I watched from the federal government, they they made indications that they're really passionate about trying to see the administrative burden on um, approved aged care providers in the community decrease because they feel that the admin budget being allocated is too high, but obviously we know on the ground level, well, it's just proportionate to the amount of work that needs to be done. But I think who was speaking, they they were aware of that and it's bipartisan, it's on their end to decrease and streamline that burden so the providers can then decrease the budget that then needs to be allocated towards um, administrating services. Do you find, like, across everything that you've done so far across the community, do you feel that sometimes it is hard to communicate that across to consumers and families just of, like, how much work it takes behind the scenes as a home care provider to run the programs? Oh, most definitely. Um, and it, it's, it's, you know, it's the age old problem and it will continue to be. Um, and I think, um, you know, coming back to this role now that I'm in, um, and, you know, doing the work hands on, I realize exactly how much, you know, case managers do put into, to care of our people in the community. And, um, you know, it, it's, um, you know, we, even though we, we may not be having constant, um, you know, communication on a daily basis with our, with our clients. There's always something that we're, you know, that we're, you know, we're aware of that we're, you know, checking in the background. We're, you know, we're making phone calls on the consumer's behalf. Um, you know, we're, we're monitoring, you know, levels of stock that they have available. Um, it, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work and, um, 
and it isn't always appreciated. There is a lot of clients, obviously, who who do value what um, what we do, um, particularly from the case management perspective. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people, as you um, have alluded to, that you know they don't understand what is involved, and um, unfortunately, I think um, you know the government will you know they say what everyone wants to hear, unfortunately, and. Um, you know, it's uh, it's not all about you know the service provision. There's a lot of uh, work that goes on in the background before those services even you know get put in place, or the monitoring and and obviously complying to standard and yeah, all of all of that sort of stuff, which um, you know doesn't um, that uh, not everyone understands. With the changes to home care package payment in arrears, have you seen any? Mm-hmm changes in dynamics both at like a provider level but also from like consumer knowledge point of view like just any basic changes in yeah any anything really like um in terms of what questions are coming through from consumers um in terms of what how they've changed maybe their purchasing um requests around equipment and um uh, yeah speak to that if you know have seen any yeah Generally, um, generally consumers are unaware of the changes that, that are coming. Um, and at the end of the day, it really won't, uh, for, for most providers, um, it's not going to, uh, from a client perspective, it's going to make very little, or if, if no difference to how they, their services are delivered, how, um, purchases are made. Um, the, you know, the, the burden and the onus obviously comes back onto the, to the provider in the way that we, um, we administer that. And obviously, um, the way we report back to, will be report change of reporting back to Medicare, um, to reflect more of a, I suppose, if you want to say an NDIS model in, in, in claiming, um, but at the end of the day, it's not going to make a huge amount of difference to our consumers. And, and, and that's the good thing that, I mean, there's a lot for our, our consumers to, to deal with and, you know, changes to systems. But, um, even whilst this is a, a major change, mainly for providers in, in our cash flow, um, it's not going to, to really change, um, how services are provided to, to the consumers, which is, which is good. So, um, yeah, but most my the, in the conversations I've had with consumers, it's um they're, they're not really aware of what's happening in that space. Yeah, and yeah, I completely agree with all of those insights that it's much more on a provider um, side of the fence of how do you manage cash flow, and these changes were discussed with plenty of notice. So providers had time to have a look at is there an organisational risk there from a cash flow point of view, re-look at processes, etc. But I think it shows the overall direction of just I talk a lot about of um, both in the NDIS but aged care setting, just um, the whole market is maturing. So, um, and that's what happens with any system. So I remember working across residential aged care very early when um the RCS had changed into ACFI, so the resident classification system, changed into the aged care um, funding instrument. And 
people slowly start to understand the funding scheme that they're working in. So does the department. Only so much modelling and scenarios can be done. And then you respond to the behaviours of both the consumers and the providers and start to streamline things. And it's just quality improvement. So I think we're seeing that in the aged care sector in the community. And this um, the reporting more accurately, um, yeah, will give great details and breakdowns through to the department to be able to understand really accurately at a fine detail where um, budgets are being spent, which will be able to inform future policy. So I think it's a, a great move. Um, how they streamline the whole system and improve navigation across all the different types of things, I think that's going to be much more challenging like what we've spoken to before. Um, final thoughts for today, Jodine, things that people listening um, just from your experiences across the sector that you wish you would have known when you first started? I don't think so. I think um, maturity uh, is a is a big thing, and um, I've been in uh, the community sector essentially for for probably about twelve years now, and um, have seen a, an awful lot of change in that time. Uh, not uh, not being risk averse, um, working in community aged care is always a good thing, um, and um, I suppose going with the flow. It's uh, you know it's it's constantly changing. Um, but also from a you know from a, a personal perspective, don't don't be afraid of change. Like I you know like I've you know the change I've made recently. So um, you know if if you're not happy, um, and again I, there's a, a meme and it says um, something about um, if you're not happy, move. You're not a tree, um, and it's true. You um, you're you know only you can make the changes in your life. And if you're not happy, then you know have a look at you know, why aren't you happy and, and can you change that? And for me, it was, you know, changing my roles and, you know, it's the best thing I've done. Yeah, that's a great way to finish. So um, major takeaways today for me is take the time to reflect on aspects of your life. So don't underestimate. Um, I think life can be so fast paced and you're always moving on to the next thing. There's always something on social media, something here, some notification coming through emails, phone calls, just take the time to sit, get a pen and paper out. And if whether in your personal life or in your work life or both, you're looking at a fork in the road, do that pros and cons list, or you might be someone that needs to talk through and soundboard off somebody, um, like a coach or a mentor, whether that's informal or formal. So take the time. It's a sign of strength when you put those initiatives in place. And once again, like I always say, think about the wellbeing initiatives that you have in place every day as a daily practice. Thank you so much for your time today, Jodine. You're welcome, Scott, anytime. Thank you. And and thank you to everyone out there listening to today's episode of the podcast. Uh, today's show notes will we'll put some just resources on. I might put some things about aged care reforms there that we've touched on as well, um, just in case you want to do some further reading on that. They'll be on the website, communitytherapy.com.au, and the podcast page is in the menu. Until next time, be well and take care of yourself. Goodbye.